Yes, sir. It's Devil's Quick Luck for one last time this preseason, a post-game reaction as we take a look of the nifty work in between the pipes of Akira Schmidt. Simon Nemich puts his last best skate forward here in the preseason. And we also, of course, look ahead to what the real game action is going to mean as we are finally ready for that regular season to kick off. We dive in next. <laughs> It is, of course, the podcast where you know I am your host, Adam Armbrecht, breaking down not only the Brooklyn Nets on the Locked On Nets podcast, they've got a regular season coming up, but also your New York football giants on the One Giant podcast. Thank you for being in with us here live on YouTube, breaking down the Devils final preseason game and undefeated preseason. It doesn't matter. Wins and losses. It doesn't matter in the preseason unless you're winning every single game. At which point, then maybe it means a little something here. They take on the Islanders, obviously. Really just another great performance from this team overall. It's not the full cast of characters. A lot of players get the night off here. Jack Hughes, no, uh, you're not going to have any of the top-line guys really there with Jesper Bratt. Uh, but you do get sample sizes from some of the young guys, as we mentioned, in Nemich. We're going to see Holtz in this game as well. And then even the veterans mixed in. There, there's a lot of nice little takeaways in the final game before some guys are going to head back down to Utica or potentially get themselves ready to suit up for the regular season. So go inside this game from a high level. We're going to start with Akira Schmidt because this was just a great final tune-up game for him. Danny and I have talked about all off-season long. What is this going to look like with Akira and with VTech? How is the split going to go? When you go into a game like this, and listen, we'll talk about some of the special teams again. The penalty kill was good for the New Jersey Devils, but when they were on the power play, there were some odd man rushes. There were some chances for the Islanders in this game, but 30 shots, every single one of them saved. And this is a game, too, where the Islanders out hit the Devils 32-7 to as well. Three power play opportunities to four in favor of the home team going in here. And then even though the Devils, as we'll talk about, had the shorthanded goal of uh, four penalties to three, eight penalty minutes to six. These are all easy numbers to get. But I like the 12 block shots here standing out. We'll talk about the defense a little. 12 giveaways. You expect that in a game like this when you have so many young players, guys that we expect like Tice Thompson. Danny's been kind of eyeing him all camp long, thinking that he has an opportunity maybe to make a statement for himself here. There were mistakes along the way. That's okay. Like it, it, it's all right, but those turnovers and some of that sloppy puck play, especially going out of the defensive zone through the neutral zone affords Akira Schmidt to just kind of show off what he's capable of doing. Now, some of the shorthanded opportunities the Islanders had, they did not make the best use of those and did not necessarily challenge Akira Schmidt as much as they could have. But again, an overall solid performance from him, like him getting a clean sheet as he heads towards the regular season. And all we can do is wait and watch, right? What, what is that, that split going to be between these two goaltenders? I think Vitek starts between the pipes. That, that's what you would expect. He's earned that. And should we see a lull over the course of this season? He's always going to get those days of rest where Akira is going to work himself in. Maybe we see a little bit of the changing of the guard here. But we mentioned in this camp as well that Vitek has certainly done as good a job as you can to wipe away the bad taste in his mouth, maybe the bad taste in Devils fans' mouths around his performance in the playoffs last year. So he needs to turn over that new page. It looks like he's done so. Akira Schmidt really ready to take that next step forward as well. We turn our attention now to some of the younger guys. I see there, if you're following us on YouTube Live, talking about Alexander Holtz, 
Listen, we're going to find out how ready or not he is because he is going to be a part of this team in the regular season, whether or not he maintains that second line status, whether or not Dawson Mercer rotates up. We'll see. But, but they're going to go with him at least for the time being. Some things that I really liked in this one when we talk about Nemich, um, ran the power play. He, he, was, he was running point there on the power play for a couple of these shifts. He looked very decisive on the offensive end of things. It's why when we think about the Luke Hughes and Simon Nemich pairing at some point in the future on the defensive lines for the Devils, we, we get excited about it. And one of the things that I'll take away from his game too, where I thought he did a nice job trying to track back, again, needs to be aware, right? He he actually created an odd man rush opportunity where you could argue that it was a risky, a risky decision to do so, but... He ultimately was rewarded in that effort. What I think is interesting when we talk about who's going to make or not make this roster when it comes to the healthy scratches, and Danny and I have had the debate around Nemich and whether or not he should be a healthy scratch at the NHL level more often than not or playing full-time down at the AHL level. Because of his offensive prowess, and he gets the shorthanded goal in this game tonight, second goal of the preseason for him, because of his offensive prowess, I, I do wonder what the push and pull is here philosophically for Lindy Ruff and the Devils, right? They are already a high-powered offensive team. Do they want to lean even further into that and, and maybe live with some of the sacrifice of some defensive lapses or some opportunities where, yes, it is going to take hard skating to get back? And when you look inside of the game like this, as we'll actually just pull up uh, here in a second, and the pairing that they went with here, I thought it was a, it was a nice opportunity for Lindy Ruff to explore a couple of different looks, obviously not having the full lineups at his disposal. But we've seen previously, what is it going to look like? Ball gets elevated to that second defensive line pairing. We're excited about that. We want to see what that chance looks like for him. But if you dial it back and think about some of the young players that likely are not going to be a part of this roster going forward uh, if at an NHL level, but having, so they put Hataka up on that top defensive pairing along with Smith. I like this why because I'm a fan of Hataka, first of all, and I thought he had a nice game for himself. Nothing, nothing to blow you away, but he plays, as we've said coming into this, a sound, smart, defensive-minded, consistent game. That's what you can expect from him. But you pair him with a veteran like Smith. Ball, right there on the second line pairing where we expect him in the regular season, you pair him with a young player in Nemich. And, and Ball himself is just 23 years old, but... You play with an experienced guy playing with a young guy. And then Hughes getting a sample size with Miller, the other veteran defenseman who could be making a push here. Where does he sit in the hierarchy? Fans, as we know, we're all talking about, is Brendan Smith going to be the guy on that final pairing? Are we excited or a little bit nervous about that? But if you think about the other guys on the offensive side, um, Holtz being among them. And again, I, I'm beyond I'm beyond the point of saying whether or not he needs to go down to season a little bit more. I think he just needs to be aware of where he is on the ice at times, needs to be careful about some of the pinches, and just needs to understand that there's a responsibility at the other end of the ice, and he needs to have an eye on that. But you play him with Nocek and with McLeod. So again, the veteran there in Nocek, he had a little breakaway opportunity, chose not to, I think, actually utilize Holtz in that instance, took a shot for himself. And then McLeod, who actually thought had a really good game for himself as well, as well. Very pesky in the final zone, really uses that speed, uses that tenacity to be a pest for the Islanders trying to get out of their own zone. But, but as you go down this list here, Lazar and Bastion, another great pairing to get a sample size here. Nothing, nothing has changed when it comes to Lazar in this preseason. Did a really nice job. Again, he's a consistent player. He's going to be a grinder. He's going to be an annoyance. And I like the way that he plays his game. And I like that you get a sample size with Bastion. 
because these are guys that you want to have some familiarity as Bastion put another good skate forward for himself, trying to work himself back into it. Is he going to start the season as a healthy scratch? Does he have an opportunity to work himself into that final line? If so, you could be looking at Lazar. You could be looking at McLeod down there. There's going to be a lot of different options that are going to happen here for the Devils as they go forward. So I like seeing that. The third line, uh, and listen, you, you kind of just you leave Dawson Mercer out there by himself effectively with some of the young players. Likewise, the bottom line, veteran tyranny. I don't see him being up here at the NHL level with the Devils. Thompson, an okay game, mixed bag. And I think I, I lean towards him not being a part of the NHL level roster, but giving him a little nod saying, hey, if we get into a pinch, we certainly can look that way. So now you think that Bastion has that is going to be there as that healthy scratch as we anticipated. Danny and I will talk about foot a little bit and what that could possibly look like. But again, this is where I come back to Nemich. And I just, when you watch him play and, and you see that he can be dynamic at times, I, I, I'm always going to lean that way of, hey, and, and mostly because too, listen, has Miller, I thought Miller had a nice game for himself tonight. A couple of nice outlet passes, certainly, um, that helped spark some of the offensive surges. But, but overall, and we know, right? I think Miller represents this kind of unknown for the Devils because he's coming over from Dallas and he's getting acclimated to the system and getting acclimated to his line mates. Brendan Smith is always going to be Brendan Smith. It, when he's when he's good and when he makes the, the right plays, you feel really confident about him. But there's been several instances throughout camp when I think he gets that puck behind the net and he starts to bring it out. Boy, I tell you, man, a, a pest on the back of his shoulder, I do not have full confidence that Brendan Smith is going to shield that man off and get that thing out of the zone and start the offensive attack. So it, it, it's just, I'm in between right now. I don't think that Nemec ultimately makes it, but I'm pulling for him because I just think that there's something there. And you saw that spark in a game like tonight when it is a mixed match of all these different p- players and pieces. And he still showed up and he's one of the players that popped off of this screen tonight. I mentioned Nathan Bastion. That's really important to kind of just remember that he's working his way back. That's a good thing to see here as well. The easy money bucket there from uh, Mercer to ball. That was just that you're just watching the experience from last season, the guys that have played together and how crisp and clean this can look. And I'll take a brief second here just to highlight where we think we stand on the Islanders as well. And then we'll wrap some things up and we'll get into your questions too. Thank you for being in on the live here. So what we're going to be doing as many times as we can throughout the regular season. So be sure to turn on your alerts on YouTube and we'll go ahead and talk about what you guys are talking about and wrap up the seven and zero undefeated preseason. I'll even give you a communication with one Danny McDonough and his potential concern around not having any hiccups along the way in this camp. But before we do, Let's go ahead and let you guys know about our friends over at DraftKings because you know we're entering month number two of the NFL season and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on all the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw $5 down on any of the epic games this week and you're going to walk away an instant winner even if maybe your pick was a bit of a loser. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day. So be sure to check in on DraftKings Sportsbook. Football, it's just more fun when you're in on the action. So go download the app now and sign up with promo code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. 
the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. I'm half of Boot Hills Casino and Resort. Licensed partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, our friends to the north. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance and eligibility and deposit restrictions why they do apply okay so as we just tie a quick bow here on this game it's exactly what you want young guys getting to go ahead and get their last taste at the nhl level many of them will be sent down danny and i don't want to i don't want to gild the lily here and eat too much of what we will talk about ahead of the regular season what is the final roster going to look like? Do we agree, at least with what Lindy Ruff is setting out as the initial starting lines? Do we want the top two pairings to look different? Do we think that Holt should be there on the number two line? Things like that are going to get discussed. Yes, I'll make one final pitch for young players that I'd like to see up there. But ultimately, all these guys are going to be waiting in the wings for the New Jersey Devils should they need them. And as it stands right now, I think Kataka has done a really nice job for himself. He got an assist in this game as well. Um, so I thought that was good. When we talk about veterans that could open the door for defensive players to get opportunities, I, I, we talk about Brennan Smith. He, he sometimes is the sore thumb here. He took an absolutely silly cross-checking penalty late in the second, right? And that led to a bit of a last two and a half minutes of that period were a bit of a scramble for the penalty-killing unit. And those are the things that when it's a young player making that mistake, you go, ah, that, that's maybe why they're not ready to be at the NHL level, or that's the attention to detail. When it's a veteran, when it's an experienced player, you just feel like, come on, you got to be better, right? You need to have that hockey IQ where you play the clean game. And Brendan Smith is not enough of an impact player in all phases to go ahead and excuse some moments like that. So that was one of the things that I didn't necessarily love. And a last note here before we get into your comments in on the live stream. And again, thank you guys. We really appreciate it. Um, they did have an interview with uh, Luke in between two of the periods there. And they asked him just about getting the taste of hockey last year. Paraphrasing essentially here, but really good to get into those games. Probably the hardest hockey that I'm going to see, but this is now a new year. We're turning it over and focusing on this group. And obviously asked about Jack, older brother there, helping him out, getting acclimated to the NHL over the last now end of postseason and into this new season living together luke said so that's awesome that's a whole experience in of itself had a little chuckle there but hockey wise they treat each other like teammates it's about going out there getting better playing together and we've already seen them on that power play unit what is now being considered 1a and 1b so you just have so many options there that it's really going to be hopefully an explosive element to this team that carries over into the regular season. Let's talk to Steven. Let's talk to Whistler. Let's talk to, uh, oh, you guys are just going to fire and hot and hot and heavy out here. Let's see. So we've got here still think. So essentially we got still think that Holtz isn't ready yet. I think Mercer is a better fit on the second line. Anyhow. Yeah. Well, you know what? Just on that point too, as uh, Steven also mentions, Holt still looks a little bit slow here. I'll go ahead and throw this one up here. A little bit slow and a little lazy to me. And it seems like his quick thinking reflexes and game aren't there yet. Yeah, the one thing that we wonder about with him, and just to on the Mercer one, listen, you put Mercer on the second line. You ain't getting complaints out of me, right? There's no world where we're going to look at what Mercer has already accomplished for himself and not say that he isn't deserving of being on that second line. But we do like what can be unlocked when we think about having Holtz up there on that second line. Now, 
when it comes to the game of Holtz and what it could look like early, I think a little bit of probably what you're seeing here too, and I don't disagree, is that now Holtz is, he needs to do the both and, right? You cannot just go out there and try to be solely offensive focused. You have responsibilities on the other end of the ice. So there can be a little bit of a thinking, right? As opposed to just a reacting. When it comes to the offensive end, that's one thing, but is the defensive side of it slowing him down when it comes to those transitions? Tonight, I'm not going to put a lot of weight on what you see from especially the young guys just because it's a hodgepodge. And for Alexander Holtz, listen, I want to see him when he's playing with Timo Meyer and Nico Heischer. And that's looks really good at times in camp. So if he can be the beneficiary there, if he can create opportunities, if his speed can be a pesky problem and Timo Meyer can get himself up in front of that net and be a, a big blocker there and play with his physicality, listen, I'm willing to go the length here and see how that turns out. The one thing that Danny would point out, and I agree with him on this, is if you start holds at the second line and it feels like it isn't working, you rotate Mercer up, that's great. You can do whatever you want with Mercer. But now you bring Holtz down to Palat and Holla, right? And is that going to be okay? Is that going to work for you? After that, we, you know, what is the trickle-down phase? We've talked about this at length over the course of the offseason. Listen, this is, as we've said, it's put-up-or-shut-up time for Alexander Holtz. We believe in him. Danny said he thinks he can be a 15-20 goal scorer this season. Let's see him go do it now, right? And if not, I think it's okay to send him down to the AHL and say he still needs the season. I think that there's a perception that this needs to be the all or nothing. And I do believe that if he does not define a role, whether it's the second or third line here going into the regular season over the first, I said, you know, Dan said first 10 games, I think I, I want to give him 20. I, I know that that's a quarter of the season, but I think you need to give him that time with some new players on this roster. Um, then I think you will, you will hear. What does this team need? What do they want to try to go and acquire the deadline? And Holtz will be one of the names that gets mentioned to entice teams to part ways maybe with a significant piece. Other than that, welcoming in uh, Morgan here as well. Playing with Nico and Timo gives us an even stronger third line with Palat, Hall, and Mercer. Yeah, and uh, Sal was saying this in the last preseason game in one of the intermissions, that that could be one of the strongest third lines, the strongest third line in the NHL. That's what he believes is possible for that team. And you don't perceive it the same way if you put Holtz down there and you move Mercer up. Does that strengthen the second line? Of course it does. But that's, I think, a little bit of what Lindy Ruff is willing to experiment with here because of how dangerous and successful. Danny's mentioned this, Palat, maybe a little bit of a sleeper here to have a big breakout season for himself. Eric Halla in the middle of that, Dawson Mercer. Like, that is a dynamic third line. Maybe it is one of the best third lines in the NHL. And, and that's where I think you trust Timo, you trust Nico, and you believe in. You're giving Holtz this opportunity. He has to seize it, has to take advantage of it, but I think you believe in him enough to say that this is the, the way that you want to go here. Another comment here. I, I whistle, I'll make sure I get to you as well. I don't know if I'm quite hitting everybody. I would put Marino and Ball as the second pair defensive, Hughes and Miller as the third. You know, that looks like that's going to be the case. Um, I think that Ball, Ball and Marino is going to be line number two. Now, if you want, you say you want Miller as opposed to Hughes. Th so this is why, again, this feels like the trickle-down effect here. You start with Smith. He's been with the team. You pair him with Hughes. They have, they have experience, at least together, going back to last season. If you feel like Miller's acclimating, getting used to the system, well, then you can rotate him in at any point if you think that Smith is not pulling his weight. So it's kind of, to me, it's the same process that's being used with Alexander Holtz and saying we have this player behind him. It's reversing it in the sense that 
Dawson Mercer is the security blanket. You know what you have in him. You know you can rotate him up if you need to. You know you can just take Holtz out of the lineup and you can start to figure out how you want to shuffle things. Likewise, Brendan Smith, you know what he is. Miller's a veteran. He also has experience. He's waiting in the wings as well. And again, I keep coming back to it time after time. If you keep Nemich up, then you give yourself a very interesting possibility here. And I try to think about ways that you could balance it to the point where you be talking about having Nemich up and still getting him enough playing time, enough playing time to justify him not getting full-time reps at the AHL level. Um, let me make sure that I get up one of Stevens here. Uh, Holtz still look, Oh no, no, yeah, you did. So I got you in there, right? Oh, Whistler was the other one I want to get to. I apologize. Not a lot of flashy play uh, players in tonight's lineup, but they work the corners. Well, just as important as a skill part of the game. Yeah. By the way, that was one of the things that I liked from Bastion. I thought he showed off the speed that we know that he has. He got down on the boards, down the, down the glass there and did an effective job of holding up the puck in several instances. So those, those, I think to your point, Whistler, it's like, those are the little things you're looking for in a game like this, when, when the, the lines are all hodgepodge and, and no one's clearly defined. And a lot of these guys aren't going to be there. I'm looking for all the key players that I know are going to be there when it comes to the regular season and saying, are you doing the right things? Are you checking the boxes? And that's why when we come back to the top and we say, you know, Brendan Smith, in some of these moments, the, the, the lackadaisical penalty there, the cross check, it's just, it, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth coming out of it doesn't really change anything in terms of my opinion of, of Smith, but I think when he's, when he looks good, he looks good. And when he looks a little bit rough, it, it looks a little bit rough. So the other thing that I really thought um, a nice job here, by the way, I don't want to say without doing it. Um, Nate Bastion also looked good on the penalty kill work in the second period as well. So there's these little moments that you're seeing from key guys that, you know, are going to be a part of it. One last look here for Josh, who I didn't see coming to the room. Welcome, sir. I didn't see the game, but saw the Devils lineup and the Islanders lineup and couldn't believe we won 3-0. So this was the other thing. And this isn't, you know, we're not here again. It's a preseason game. So let's be real. But this was far from our top lineup, right? You're None of the key figures. I mean, some of the key figures, but you don't have Jack and you don't have Jesper. I mean, point stop. Don't say anybody else's name. But then you also don't have Toffoli out there. Your entire top line is not playing in this game. We've said this in the offseason when we talked about the Metro, about where we think these standings are going to go. It just feels like the Islanders are poised for a bit of a, a bit of a fall here. And we also believe, whether or not Devils fans necessarily want to hear this, that even though they are aging, it, it really does feel like the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to have one more kind of push in them here. So when we think about that Metro division, we think about how things are going to finish out. Danny and I are going to cement all of our predictions throughout. But we are talking about a division where it's going to be the Canes in New Jersey battling at the top there. Are the New York Rangers still right there on the cusp? Are the Pittsburgh Penguins nipping at their heels? And then the Islanders, to me, really are the team that could see, could see a significant tumble over the course of it. Now, the last thing that I want to point out here is that over the course of this preseason, obviously the Devils were undefeated 7-0. They also had 30 goals for and just 13 against across those seven games. I mean... That is next level explosive. Just staying inside the division, let alone the league overall. Inside the division, no other team eclipsed 23. It actually was the Blue Jackets, surprisingly enough, but they gave up 23 against as well. The Devils also gave up the fewest goals inside of their division. So these are the things that you're really excited about. The special teams look good this off this camp, excuse me. The power play looks good this camp. Let's carry those things over. Danny's biggest concern is that this is going to be a scenario where 
the, you know, the devils, they play so well. And sometimes teams that play really hot in camp just don't quite have it when they get to the regular season. They had a good camp last year as well. It's what led to that hot start. Right. Uh, and I, I just think that the most important things we can take away is seeing some consistency and rhythm from all the key players on the power plays. It just looks a little bit cleaner. They look a little bit more decisive in how they want to approach it. And frankly, in some of these games throughout camp, We've seen it where the Devils have not had a ton of shots, but the shots that they've had have been clinical, right? They've done an excellent job of just putting themselves in great positions. They had an excellent top shelf goal in this game as well. The shorthanded goal to go along with it. It's just, I don't know, man, there's an energy. There's an energy right now about this team that makes you want to get to the regular season, makes you want to see meaningful hockey here and hopefully see the immediate carryover. And chief among them is going to be the power play. It's going to be special teams overall, right? Kills. But on the power play, these 1A, 1B units, let's get these things going here. Because the last thing that you want to see is the the special teams that have played so well in these seven games all of a sudden look a little lethargic, right? You don't want to see the power play go 0 for 3 to start the season. You want one of those first couple of opportunities to be capitalized on, see the same type of tenacity that we've seen from this team throughout camp. Morgan with a long one here. We'll go ahead and get out out of this one as well. Luke is going to have some offensive rookie blunders, but he should be stapled on Marino's pair all season. Let him play through them and gain experience. Think long-term growth over winning each regular game. That's an interesting, yeah. Originally, we thought, I mean, I'm fine with however they want to pair these. Uh, these defensive lines, but I think like coming into the off season, we, I, I just assume, like, I can't remember if Danny was on the same page with me where Luke on the second defensive pair. I think Danny may have thought third and I, and maybe it was him with Smith. That might've been the logic there. And you know, that he's going to get his chances obviously on the power play as well. I, I don't, I don't disagree with you, Morgan, you know, having him up there with Marino, I think that that would elevate the, the consistency that you have alongside of him. So that way you maybe mitigate some of the defensive errors that you could see for him coming along the way. And, and I do agree with you, and this is true for, I think, all of the young players, all of the key figures. And maybe, and you can apply this to Holtz if you want to as well. Let's make the mistakes. Now, do we want to be winning the Metro Division? Of course we do. But if you tell me that over the course of 82 games, five games are sacrificed so that Holtz can have this learning curve and learn from some mistakes so that Luke Hughes can learn from some mistakes. I'm fine with that. The difference being, would you rather than be paired with a particular line? In Holt's case, I think that's why it's Nico and why it's Timo. In Luke's case, maybe it's just more confidence that they're showing in him. The carryover from the postseason last year, camp this year, and just saying, we believe in you. And he's going to have the mistakes, but you saw him, man. He's pulling spin moves in the final zone. He looks as electric with the puck on his stick as sometimes Jack does. So I just think you live with those results and you trust the defensive minded guys to really anchor themselves, to really be that safety net. And then you look between the pipes. We know that's the X factor for this season is VTech and Akira. Are are these guys going to be able to do what Akira did tonight? Hey, there's going to be moments. There's going to be odd man rushes, right? Make the big plays. If you do that, expectations are going to start to rise here. And VTech can do very little in the regular season to change the perception until we get to that postseason again. And he has that opportunity. But Akira can do some things here. Akira can open a lot of eyes league-wide with how he performs in his early opportunities this season. So that's going to be really fun to watch as well. That being the case, 
as I said at the top, we want to be doing a lot of these post games uh, as often as possible throughout the regular season. So turn on your alerts on YouTube for Devils Puck Luck so you can be a part of it. And we want to treat them the same way. First portion, normally when Danny and I are here together, we'll talk about the game. We'll break down the things that we liked or didn't like in those rare occasions. But then we'll turn it over to you guys. We want you to be heard. That's, that's as much a part of what this podcast is meant to be as anything connection with you the fans and elevating your voice so be be sure to be a part of these when we do them over on uh, twitter at nj devils pl on tiktok on instagram on snapchat on facebook at devils puck luck at danny the face at adam armbrecht this is it man seven and zero undefeated preseason now we get to the real action danny and i will be in on the morning of the 11th so you'll get about a midday episode there teeing up the 12th teeing up the start of this regular season setting our expectations on these lines seeing who makes the final cut of these rosters still a lot of exciting stuff to do before we officially get underway in the 2023 2024 season until next time man i gotta tell you uh, i i am absolutely um like a Kira Schmidt, man. I'm standing on my head right now. I cannot wait for this regular season to get started. I cannot wait for you guys to be a part of it with us. And uh, until Danny's back, I guess, listen, guys, like a Kira, let's just stay locked in. Let's get those wins. Devil's Hockey, boys. We'll see you next time. <laughs>